Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Peter. And we are parents of two children, Alberto and Rosina. Each week we sit down together and chat about the reality of raising children. So, if you're a new parent, expecting or just want to see what it's all about, this is the place for you. This, this is, is The, the Parent Sesh. Welcome uh, to you as well. Thank you. My beautiful wife. Thanks. Thank How are you, you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm also doing well. That's great. Just in case you were wondering. Okay. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> How was, how's your week been? Week's been good. Has Just... it though? I've got oh. some pretty annoying news this week. Yeah. A little bit disappointing for us <laughs> yeah. adults. Well, I, last year she turned you turned 30 I did and I got her really like what a what a day like I hired cocktail mm. bar for our backyard must be nice mm-hmm. I hired I got some friends to come over I got you decorations VIP tickets to Vance Joy playing in cool and gather and I thought what a present Vance Joy is your favorite artist let's go watch him live in almost a year's time. Yeah. So it wasn't for that night. It was for uh, October of this year. And then during the week, I just randomly got an email. At on, like, night. At too. night time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you, your tickets have been cancelled. No reason. No reason provided. Didn't say that the concert was cancelled. Just said your tickets have been cancelled. You will be refunded. Very so, disappointing. Very disappointing. So I did lots of digging and yeah, turns out. He's no. cancelled five of his shows. And still no reason. Still no reason provided. Maybe it'll get updated, but that's know, It's been four days now and mm. it's not even hit the news yet. And normally, like, we're recording this in the week of Splendor. Splendor cancelled day one. It was everywhere. Mm. I guess that was because it was... Overtook. ...on the day. <laughs> and that probably did overtook the news about Vance Joy's concert. But, you know, he's still going to Brisbane. He's still going to Sydney. But he cancelled five of his shows. So... Yeah. And it was sold out other places so Mm. very very annoying so that kind of presented us with a problem you effectively had no 30th birthday present so rude so (laughs) rude and you know it's like oh you're a minimalist now surely we get out of that no so vip tickets aren't cheap which Mm. means there was a bit of a refund coming our way and we were going to stay in accommodation we were going to stay in accommodation so that too. Another outlay mm. that we were going to have to spend. So rather than commit towards something else, because realistically there's probably no concerts upcoming that we were interested in that are available to buy tickets for, we uh, we bought a nice little present for you. Yeah. Well, when in Rome, as they say, or well, in our case... When in Maya. When in Maya at Pacific <laughs> Fair. Yeah. <laughs> You said you wanted some new sunnies. I did. And you know what's so funny is I went in to Maya and I asked the uh, shop assistants. I said, oh, do you have this brand, which is... Um, Key. Yeah. And quite affordable. Yeah. And they looked at me dead in the face and said, oh, nah. no. <laughs> nah, we, we do don't not. have that here. Um, so I just thought, well, you know, we're here. Let's have a look around, see what there is. And... Um, 
accidentally <laughs> bought a pair of Gucci sunglasses, which Whoa. I feel very bougie, very luxury. Uh, it's my first time owning anything that's that level of designer. Well, look, like like we said sort of earlier on in the season, you're better off buying one nice thing mm. than like five not as nice things because mm-hmm. then you go through those not as nice things and you waste them. Whereas this, this pair of sunnies you're keeping forever. Well, I did get a very timeless design and all you of did. the things. So it's, yeah. And it comes with such a beautiful box and then a bag that the box goes in. <laughs> so it's like you, it's intended for you to treat them well and keep them pristine, I guess. That's the hope. Yeah. Um, we have two kids. Let's remember. Yeah, the box isn't going to be anywhere near them. Yeah, it's that's fine. Fair. That's fair. I think we're also past the stage where we're seeing like grabs at your face just randomly. Like yeah. there's a bit of warning now or. And she, I wore them today, actually, for you the did. first time. And she just liked looking at herself yeah. in the glasses. So yeah. she didn't try and Obsess grab at them or take them. her own appearance a little bit, I mm. think. <laughs> precursor of things to come. So we've still got a little bit of cash left over from that. So we'll figure out what to do with it for your 30th. But I think these made you feel quite good. It was just an exciting thing. I got very nervous. Yeah. I kept trying to talk you out. Well... <laughs> Talk yourself out, out of, it. of it. I was set. I was yeah, like, Look, you were fine. You're happy. It's, you know, it's there. So we may mm. as well. And it was, it and was, they it was on great. sale. And it was on sale. <laughs> yeah. You kept trying to talk yourself into the cheaper ones. Yeah, I did. Yeah, we're not, having, not having that hit. I don't, like I said, I don't want to buy two, another one well, later on. And you know what's so funny is that you don't think that there's much of a difference when something's that expensive. You think, oh, you know, it's just the label. But realistically, when I tried the cheaper pair on, even though they were still a designer, they were just, you could feel that they were more flimsy. Like the arms? Is that My, what, The what things that those? go over your ears. Yeah, the part that goes <laughs> over your ears was definitely flexing quite a bit more. So. Well, the Gucci's are made in Italy and we are Italian. Mm. So just uh, Perfect, a, then. aligning with the motherland. <laughs> well... Today isn't all about sunnies. We've actually got a a topic that Peter can talk about for literally hours. I do love talking about it. So uh, on the other side of this, we're going to talk all things breastfeeding. So with breastfeeding, you might think that I may not have much to contribute, but... You know, as a father, there's a little bit. And support person. Yeah, and support person when it comes Mm. to it. It's not all about the mother and their (laughs) breastfeeding, (laughs) even though it kind of is. But when we we looked at breastfeeding, and before we start, we probably should just say that obviously our choice was to exclusively breastfeed. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it doesn't work for everyone. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Everyone is in a place where they can make decisions for themselves and we, you know, totally support whatever decision people make. That's up to them. It's their life, their choices. And this was just a decision I guess we came to. Yeah. And look, it was it it wasn't a decision that was taken lightly. It wasn't a decision mm. that came was came to easily because there was actually a lot of steps 
before we really committed to it, mm. wasn't there? And you probably are in the better position to talk about it. What before, you know, when you're pregnant, before you're pregnant, what were you sort of thinking about breastfeeding in general? I wasn't sure. I really wasn't feeling comfortable about it. I think that, you know, you hear all these things about breastfeeding mothers, like feeding in public. Some people are all for it. Some people still believe that it should be a private, done in, in private, in, you know, at least covered if you are in public. Uh, so I think that there was just a lot of pressure in that regard. I was also quite young. Like when I was pregnant with Alberto, I was 25, uh, turning 26. So, you know, I think at that age, you're still figuring out your own body. I think I wasn't super in tune with it as well. Like I might've just been a little bit late to the listening to your body kind of party, uh, oh, there's a party that I want to go to. Um, so, yeah, it just, and then once I was pregnant, I think you get asked a lot, what are you what planning are you do? on yeah. doing? And I still hadn't fully committed either way. I was still very much in a space of, I'll just see how it goes. I'll guess I'll give it a crack. Uh, it sounds like the right thing to do. Um, if I have the ability to do it, why not give it a go? And I think that one of my appointments with our OBGYN, she asked sort of towards the end of the pregnancy, what my plan was. And I said the same thing. Oh yeah, I don't know. I'll give it a go. I'm not, you know, just see how we go. And she was just a li- took it a little bit more seriously than that. I think. I was maybe taken aback a little bit too because I thought that that was okay to just give it a go. And she sort of really seriously said to me that if you want to breastfeed, you need to be determined. It's not an easy journey and you really need to say to yourself, I'm going to do this no matter what. This is my decision and go in and try everything you can to do that and follow through on it and continue it. Don't just do a week or something, you know, really focus on it, see it through. Mm. And, you know, the other side of it. So she said that. And then she also said that if you're not going in with that kind of an attitude of that decision made, headstrong attitude she said it's just in your best interest and the baby's best interest for your you know mental health and the baby's health and just stability and ease to not breastfeed you know to you know go down the path of like fed is best Mm -hmm. and she's sort of opened my eyes that it could be a struggle to breastfeed that i just thought it happens it just happens Mm -hmm. you know and So I had to go away from that appointment, discuss it with you and really just decide before the baby came. Well, that thought process got backed up by some friends of ours too, who actually gave very similar advice Mm. that breastfeeding is a struggle. Like they don't ever really 
showcase that on TV shows or, Mm -hmm. and I know it's not a TV show's job to showcase what breastfeeding is really like. Yeah. But it really does just skim over it like it's no biggie. Yeah. Or, you know, the bottle feeding process is easy. You know, it really sort of just. Anything is easy. Anything (laughs) sort of becomes a little bit easier. And then Mm -hmm. when it's a challenge, it's a comedic challenge. Like comedy shows in particular love to make it funny. That's right. And then also like when it happens in real life, we often then think what's wrong with me. Yeah. You start to really question and, and double back and double doubt yourself. And then your brain always goes, everyone else is doing it. And it's just not true. No. Like everyone else is struggling. <laughs> it's a, it's quite a, a rough process. Mm. And from my side of the fence, I obviously supported you and whatever it is you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I liked the idea of breastfeeding because when you hear what breastfeeding does and the benefits for the mm. child... And For the me, na- natural aspect yeah, of it. Yeah. Like it just, it sounds like they would get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. And then you think about all the bottles you've got to wash if you're doing formula. And, oh, you know, that bottle washing process, you've got to heat the water up to a Sterilization certain temperature. Sterilize everything. Mm. And it extends the process out by double the time. And I just, you know, if everything is, your body is working as it should then the baby gets everything from the mother. And that's not me saying to you, you have to breastfeed, like shaking, pointing a finger in your face. Mm. That's just me listening to the doctors and going, well... With the, yeah, studies and if you the, want thing, to, the information that's out there. If you want mm. to do it and you have a desire to do it, then I'm going to support you and see you through it in the best way that I can. Mm. But like you said, you can't be in between. Yeah. You can't be in one foot in both camps because it confuses the child as well. Or at least we thought, I would think that it would. Yeah. I would have thought that it would have. I think that it confuses your body more. Yeah, that too. You know, because if you're sort of half doing the process, it's like the body is then, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It's really tough to really explain what your body goes through. Um, And especially because I did end up being so determined with it and getting through all of the pain to the other side where it did actually for me become quite easy. Uh, So yeah, I guess I just don't really have a perspective on the half in, half out, half out. Yeah. Neither do I. Mm. I've never fed a child because I don't have the capability to do so Mm. but the early stages of breastfeeding are what i guess defines whether you see it through or whether you fold it in and yet very two different experiences so when we come back from this break we're going to actually dive in and look at and compare alberto Rosina's breastfeeding journeys about you folks listening but when i hear that break music i dance (laughs) i really get into it like i want more i want it to keep going but then obviously we have to come back and and keep talking but before we cut to the break we were speaking about what we thought breastfeeding was going to be like or or why i guess we just decided to 
to start breastfeeding. And when Alberta was born and we, I guess, started the process, it was really weird initially, especially with the amount of people that are trying to like tell you what to do. Yeah. For a first time mother, it's so overwhelming I imagine to have to have that many people give you that, all that advice. It, it's really complicated. I think that everyone wants the best for you. Again, like I don't think people are going out there with ill intentions, but in saying that everyone within the hospital system that we went through, because we, with Alberto's birth, we had a private obstetrician through the pregnancy but we were going through the public system, public hospital for the birth. So my obstetrician wasn't present. Ever, yeah, wasn't present. So we had uh, the public system. And in that, we ended up having to stay in the hospital for about five nights after Alberto was born, which is much, much longer than anyone expected. But that meant that Every 12 hours, you know, you have a different midwife on shift and every midwife that we came across had a different way of feeding, of changing nappies, of swaddling. Like it it was all different. And when they would come in the room, they could tell, they could see that I was so unsure and perhaps I was giving them some sort of expression that was like, just help me. But they would literally come over and just grab my body without really asking. Like, no, I don't be, remember them asking. It would. It's like a, like, move out of the way so I can get yes, in there. Yes, like, oh, you're doing it wrong. And, you know, lots of different advice on on how to how to do it there's and one that's stuck in my brain i don't know if you remember it but you have to hold it like a burger yeah and i've never held a burger the same way again <laughs> just, never looked at it the same just, way. never looked at it in the same way i thought hmm there's no milk coming out of this and i did feel as well that they would be frustrated by me a little bit as a first time mom and as a just someone that just felt really unsure of what i was doing And they would just resort to saying, you need a lactation consultant or you need to go to the class where there's going to be other brand new mothers all sitting in a semicircle trying to feed their babies. And for me, I didn't want to do that. I didn't Mm. want, I was so self-conscious about it that I just thought I can't go and sit in a class like that. I can't. I need to figure myself out first. I would imagine... It's quite an intimate experience mm. to just then go into a room full of people trying to do the same thing. Yeah. It'd be quite intimidating and yeah. overwhelming. Mm. I'm not really sure that would that's the best way of getting ahead in that situation. Yeah. So then I said, okay, well, maybe perhaps I should get the lactation that's consultant right. to come around this happened once. I, f- I believe we requested it several times and the person came in once for like five minutes. It wasn't enough, I guess. Yeah. And it was just a really weird, really weird way to be initiated into breastfeeding. Yeah. And I think we just wanted to go home. We did. As well. It got to a point where we're like, no one 
I, I feel like I'm just being prodded at and being pushed aside and shoved aside during the process of this really early stage and not actually being or feeling in control in any way. So we really just wanted to go home. And I think it did get better when we went home. We still had the, the at-home nurse come. Once and I or remember, twice. yeah, there was still the same unsolicited advice mm-hmm. that would and be provided. Each and time. again, it was yeah, different. It was always different. And I'd say, oh, you know, when I was here yesterday or the midwife that came in yesterday or whatever it may have been uh, suggested I do this. And they would just go, oh, no, that's not the right way. And so it wasn't even just me being sort of side at. It was. <laughs> Also other professionals. Yeah, signing each other. Yeah, and you just think, how can I trust anything? Why don't you all have a WhatsApp group where you communicate with each other? Yeah. But you compare that with Racina's, I guess you you and Racina's hospital experience breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And you basically swatted away any any potential for advice because you... You knew what you were doing at that point. The confidence level is just two different things. Mm. I think first time mums, we just feel very unsure and very seeking approval. And second time mums, not not every second time mum, but for me, I really felt like I had it all under control. And if you came in into my space, into this, you know, moment we're having, you're going to derail me in a way. Mm. So just steer clear stay out of my way (laughs) yeah and the birthing experiences were really different as well so alberto wasn't put on my chest yeah and we had hours apart before i was able to even hold him and then with racina i held her straight away instant and i didn't hand her over until she'd fed and she did you know the what do they call it um like the the crawl Mm. I to don't like know. find your nipple like oh they, okay so they they do look for it yeah okay like the they let the baby guy like guide themselves to it i guess i don't know i can't remember what that's called we'll have to look it up and put let it let us in the know show if notes. you know what it is because mm. i don't know and i'm too scared to type that into my google search <laughs> <laughs> really yeah so that part was really really different as well and then the other difference was that Alberto had a tongue tie yeah and Rosina didn't have a tongue tie and we weren't really made aware of Alberto's tongue tie it wasn't until his 6 week inoculations that he that we figured it out and they just yeah. cut it for us or was maybe one of his we had to have a few specialist appointments early on with Alberto. So maybe it was one of those. I can't remember. Yeah, it was at a specialist appointment. And she said, do you want me to just cut that tongue tie? And we were like, tongue tie? Does he have a tongue tie? And they said, yeah, have you been feeding okay? Because no. you know, the expectation <laughs> is you wouldn't be if he's got a tongue tie. And I said, no, it's actually been really hard and really painful. And she goes, I'll be back in a minute. Came back. He didn't cry. Nothing. No, he was. Uh, I heard a baby crying. I'm like, oh, Alberto. And they go, oh, he was fine. That wasn't oh, him. That was, was that someone else? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't him. So, and it was that quick. And then after that point, it really changed. And I thought that must have been why it was so painful that first six weeks. And with Racina, it was painful. It was figuring out how we both work together and latching and all the things uh, that come with like a brand new baby who's figuring it out for the first time. 
but it was nowhere near as painful. And the latch was very, very different as well. Like most often she would latch really well. Whereas with Alberto, he never latched well. It was always really. Well, one thing that that, one thing that got born out of that was we were worried whether he was getting enough milk because Mm. he wasn't latching properly. And as a first time parent, things get crazy in your mind because you're on Google. How much, how long should they be feeding for? How much milk should they be having? And you with Alberto, you had a decision then that you wanted to express and breastfeed and then we'll have bottles and then I could sort of help top up. Yeah, I in think... between feeds because he was he what he cluster fed at the start, didn't he? Yeah, I think that it was more one on one off because of how painful it was. I wasn't wanting to give up or to change direction no. or change course. So my option in my thoughts was to use an electric breast pump, which worked really well it wasn't painful and it gave them that break from the incorrect latch causing a lot of issues and it did give us some sense of confidence that we know will that feed we can control how much how much he had the recommended intake because i remember we were also getting told at one point to top up with formula Mm. there was a period where we were getting told top up with formula but and we didn't really want to do that and there was no justification as yeah. to why. It was more just if you're worried, yeah. top up with formula. And we sort of thought, well, we're just first time parents and we just wanted some reassurance that we're kind of all right or some guidance on how to figure out if we're not all right. But he was sleeping fine. Oops. But he was sleeping fine and he was comfortable all the time. Like he wasn't crying or anything like that. So there wasn't really any indication that he wasn't having enough. He was also gaining weight mm. at the appointment. So that's another sign that's in the right direction. He also never took to formula either. He didn't like it Yeah, from memory. But we cut forward years to Racina and we had none of those concerns. No, There no was concerns. never a worry that no. she was getting enough or she wasn't getting enough. Because we just knew. I think the confidence, like you said, was... We just knew that that she would let us know when she's had enough and the right amount would be transferred from you to her. Exactly. Because we were really, really in sync. And because I wasn't using any breast pump as well, my body got used to how much she needed and how much to supply. So whereas with the breast pump with Alberto, it can confuse your body a little bit because it's maybe draining so much using the pump and then Alberto wouldn't drain as much because he was so little and didn't need as much. And it was just caused issues in that regard. And I do remember having mastitis Mm. or a block duck uh, a lot more frequently in those early stages with Alberto and with Racina, I had none. Yeah. One thing that the breast pump did too was it just made the process longer Mm-hmm. Because you'd finish feeding and then you'd have to express whatever was in there left. And then you got to figure out a way to store it. And then the whole thing just gets extended out by a long period of time. Yeah. Or I sit there and I pump for half an hour and then I would often let you feed yeah. Alberto in that instance to give my body a break. And then that would go on for 
15 minutes to half an hour. So <laughs> it took a lot longer. And that was the way I supported with Alberto was I supplemented feeds by feeding with a bottle. And then Racina, it was another, another way of helping. I would make sure you had the pillow at all times and also... Uh, bring the baby to you like i'd change her nappy and then hand her over and yeah that kind of was my way of helping and you'd bring me a glass of water glass of water because that's one thing with breastfeeding is you need to stay hydrated yeah and uh i would make sure that you would be hydrated for all of that so that's that was the early stages Mm. both babies you can see the difference right just the way you're talking about alberto's breastfeeding it was it just felt like a lot was happening, a lot was going through your mind, but then the calmness and the confidence with Brasina was so much more evident. Mm-hmm. So, and I really wish that people got to experience the same thing I went through with Brasina because that is that's when people when you hear people say, "Oh, breastfeeding is so beautiful and it's so connecting and all of that." That my experience with her was exactly what they talk about, and when I had. Alberto's journey I was sort of like when why do people say this is so nice (laughs) yeah it's really tough especially at the start with him yeah but as time went on as we got into the later stages and you're at the later stages now with Racina sort of approaching a mirrored sort of time right with Alberto it got better so on the other side of this break we're going to look at what it's currently like and what it was like towards the end So with Alberto, you pretty much was able to stop breastfeeding altogether at 15 months. Mm-hmm. And we're almost approaching that now with Racina. And both both children seem like they're mirroring each other. Like you, with Alberto towards the end, you didn't do any bottle feeding. Yeah. Didn't express anything. Just breastfeeding. He self-weaned. He did, In fact, it's like from 12 months, he started to drop off himself. He just didn't have anywhere near as much time on ha- having a feed. And then he also stopped wanting them throughout the day. I think that the only one left by before 14 bed. months, yeah, was the one before bed. And then one night he just put his arm up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I went to feed him. like I don't think so. <laughs> I'm done with this. Get these things out of my face. <laughs> Not interested. And that was it. That was it. Happy days that was. Yeah, it was. Oh, sad. Sad, but like I couldn't believe it at the same time that I'd made it that far and that he was that old. Mm-mm. And didn't need me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that is the mental psychology of it as a mother that I've seen you go through with him is that sadness of them not needing you anymore. You kind of mm. want to hold on to it. And yeah. I think you're at that stage now with Priscina a little bit. Like you're ready. You're ready to stop. Yeah, I'm really ready. She's a little bit different. She hasn't really shown, shown any disinterest. Mm, <laughs> She's yeah. still... We're down to three feeds. A day which is fantastic uh she's just over 12 months now the feeds are definitely shorter they're definitely i don't know five i haven't timed them so i'm not like sure five to ten minutes i would say at, at most i would say at most five really yeah i reckon it's short i reckon it's gotten really short 
Mm. Well, you just said you didn't, hadn't noticed. Well, I mean, <laughs> let's just, you said five to 10 and it committed to memory that I reckon <laughs> it's definitely not 10. It definitely isn't 10. Like five to seven? Look, we can debate <laughs> times all day, but yeah, five to seven sounds good. Let's just go with that. Yeah. One thing, though, that Alberto didn't do was he didn't go to cow's milk when he finished. Like, we tried to give him cow's milk. We tried to give him... He was... He was a bit lactose intolerant. He was lactose intolerant. So we then... We tried, like, almond milk. He didn't want it. We tried... <laughs> we tried putting, like, Nesquik. Like, in, a, just a little Just a little bit tiny flavoring. bit for flavor. Didn't want Still it. Still didn't... Wasn't interested. So we just had to figure out how to add calcium in another way. Racina, I don't think the taste bothers her. No. And I don't think she seems lactose intolerant. She's been, she seems fine. She's been fine. So I think it's just, well, it's, she's not interested in having a bottle. Like, yeah. She managed to have one for the first time the other day. So exciting. So we'd been trying to get her off. Like we were doing four feeds and we were trying to get her off this very first as soon as she wakes up in the morning because it's just unnecessary it's yeah. just like she genuinely does not need she eats it breakfast now yeah. she doesn't need it so we we thought okay well she can have a, a little mini bottle before her breakfast and having none of it about five we try for five days just serving her a different bit of milk each day and and seeing how she'd go she'd have a sip or a little guzzle, but nothing wouldn't drink the whole thing. And then she did on like the fifth morning. She drank the entire thing and was happy about it. Very happy. Yeah. Didn't cry for milk, like yeah. for breast milk, nothing. And we thought, wow, okay, if she can do that for a few days, we'll drop another. <laughs> so we'll just try and be consistent with it, I guess, and just see where it goes. Next morning. Oh, yeah. She didn't have it. She had a little again, but not not the whole. Not bottle. the same amount. She didn't drink the whole bottle. I don't mm. know. I just. I wish you could just ask them. What's like? Why don't you why, like? This? Why not today? What happened? I wish they'd just go. Oh, I don't feel like it, eh? Yeah, not interested in it. Never gonna happen. So we're still gonna stay on that track. Yeah. Because I, I am just really ready. To be finished breastfeeding, I'm really ready to finish that journey. Yeah, I your guess. back needs sorting out. And every yeah. time you go to a physio to say, I want to get my back looked at and sort of massage through it, like, oh, you got to stop breastfeeding. Mm, come back when you've stopped breastfeeding. Oh. So there's nothing really anyone can do because the way you've got to sit when you breastfeed puts your back in a lot of stress. Yeah, they obviously tell you, oh, if you sit like this, it'll be better for you if you sit like It's not realistic. Yeah. It's not realistic. Like if you have to feed in the middle of a shopping center because you haven't timed yourself very well, yeah. <laughs> it's just you aren't going to have enough support or you're not going to have the breastfeeding pillow that helps you bring them up higher and la, 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 la. You mentioned the timing thing. That's one thing that you've been obscenely excellent at is keeping the routine so spot on that they just they they know when to expect the milk and you know when to give it to them yeah and they don't ask for it outside yeah of that. Mm-hmm. that's it's, true it's been so measured and just so perfectly timed out that you're never just going to get them randomly start crying 
in a non-feeding period mm-hmm. for milk because they get, they they know when their next feed's coming because it's so structured. Yeah. And that later stages of both children, I've seen that working. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. You just have if to do it. If that time comes, you just have to do it. You yeah. have to find a way. And it's can be, I know with Alberto, I was extremely uncomfortable doing it out anywhere you had wraps and covers and i think it was just the confidence level Mm. like i didn't want to be out there and couldn't get him latched because i wasn't you know sure he would latch in this way it just felt really i was very self-conscious of my own abilities and then with racina it was just you knew what you were doing she's on end of story end of story Mm. and again i I remember so many times with Racina, we've, we're at, we've been at Pack Fair, we've been at the football or just out somewhere and you've had no issues yeah. with it. And that regimented determination is what allowed it to be so successful in both later stages of breastfeeding, Yeah, I think, because you just don't miss. Keep the routine. Because imagine if you were sporadic, right? Just mm. let's let's look at the... Let's look at the scenario that if we just very lackadaisical about it. We'll feed on demand versus setting a structure. That feeding on demand would just set them up that any time they wanted it, they would just scream, cry, and you just feed them. I could imagine every day would be different because then emotions are different, and especially when they're teething. Yeah. I feel like the days where they're teething really bad, they wouldn't come off. Yeah. They just want that soothing mechanism. Whereas you've got to allow them to self-soothe sometimes. And I know we've covered sleeping, but none more so evident than when they're sleep training or sleeping through the night. Mm -hmm. Do you need to practice that methodology? Let them self-soothe. Because again, if you feed them on demand during the night, they get used to that and they're just going to ask for it mm-hmm. and it creates a bit of a cycle. So, yeah, watching you be regimented, I think, definitely has kept the success of it going yeah. and probably will allow them to naturally wean off when they've had enough. Fingers crossed very soon. Yeah, and some of you might be thinking as well that, oh, 12 months doesn't seem long enough. You know, they could go on for quite a bit longer. But I think this time around, I'm very focused on my healing Mm -hmm. as well, that my body spent 10 months in bed with no next to no movement uh, and going through a lot. And then now 12 to 13 months so far of having all the nutrients again, not literally for my body sucked out of you. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what's happening. That's a very unspoken thing about pregnancy is one, how hungry I've seen it make you Mm. and just how draining it is physically with your energy. Yeah. It makes you Yeah, like you're getting calories taken away from you that you could use for your own benefit. Yeah. And you just don't have them. Mm. So, so I'd like to be able to get back on some, extra vitamins and things like that that aren't really recommended for whilst you're breastfeeding because I think that my body does need that boost. Oh, all the things you can't have while you're breastfeeding. like. And again, as you said about my back before, I'd really love to not wake up throughout the night in pain from back aches. So another thing about breastfeeding 
is especially in the later stages with both pregnancies you're like you get a cold or a flu and we've been in like a pretty yes. hectic flu season oh my gosh i have had the flu every month <laughs> yeah well you've got a child at daycare it's pretty much inevitable and you can't have anything for it no and my body has not built up any immunity it hasn't got enough nourishment nutrition to do that and everything that i'm putting into my body i'm very trying you know to be a lot more aware conscious, of it yeah. and conscious of it to try and get that extra that I need. But it's just, I just don't think it's hitting <laughs> yeah. hitting the edges. I think it's getting uh, allocated to other things. Rosina looks very healthy and happy. <laughs> <laughs> she, she does. She's getting it all. That's why. So it's just time. It's time. Mm. And breastfeeding is a, a journey. And as a partner, you really need to be there to support. And anything that your breastfeeding mother wants to do, you've got to back that up. But I've been very lucky that I've had a wife that's been very, very, very determined, persevered through all of the difficult times at the start and gotten it to a place where it's just so self-sufficient that it just works really well for our, it works really well for Alberto and it's working really well for Racina. So on the other side of this break, we will be giving you, I won't be, because to be honest, I've got nothing to add, some tips about breastfeeding. So breastfeeding is a journey and it takes a lot of effort and commitment to achieve it in a very successful way. And... Normally, this is the section where we both give a tip each, you know, like of the topic. But realistically, there's not much I can add to this. So Peter is going to give you two tips straight from her mouth about this whole breastfeeding journey. Take it away. So I'm going to start with tip number one would be talking to your partner in advance or just consistently having open communication about what your needs are and what your expectation of them in this role is because it can be really challenging for the partner to just feel like they have nothing to do. And I remember because with Alberto or in the really early stages, you're feeding every two to three hours because they're a newborn and all of the reasons. And when after you finished, you can feel really tired and then you look over and your partner's playing PlayStation. <laughs> so much PlayStation. <laughs> and you're like, well, wouldn't it be nice if I could just play PlayStation for two hours or, you know, but if you keep the communication open, it's what we were saying before is Daniel's job, his role in my breastfeeding journey would be to always bring me my breastfeeding pillow Always change the nappy before or after whatever was required at the time. You know, it's always, it's always changing. Um, and bring me a glass of water or fill up my water bottle or whatever in that realm. And offer me food or whatever the time of day it is. So their expectation is really to take care of you. You take care of the baby. And that communication and keeping that line of communication open because the older the baby gets, the needs change a little bit there as well. They might be having more 
awake time or tummy time. And that could be a role that your partner plays is that's their time. Just to take something off your hands a little bit. Definitely. I'm just going to throw in a sub tip that I just thought of just now. You said that I would get the breastfeeding pillow for you. My sub tip is get a breastfeeding pillow. True. They, they are... Even if you're not breastfeeding, oh, <laughs> get a feeding pillow. Get a feeding it, pillow. It's it, it, do, it does help with your back. I know. And your arms and being able to hold the baby comfortably for a long period. Because you mentioned PlayStation. And mm. one of the other ways I would help is when you needed a break, I would hold Alberto while he was sleeping. And I would have him sleeping on me while I had the breastfeeding pillow. Yeah. That freed my arms up to play PlayStation. <laughs> Get a breastfeeding pillow. Yeah. It works. Yeah. It's very helpful. All right. What's your other tip? And then tip number two. And then tip number two is have many reasons for doing it. Have lay out or write down, have it as a note on your phone, something like that. All the reasons that you want to breastfeed. Because when you go through the hard times or when you have a block duck or... Block duck? <laughs> Sorry, did I not say duck? To... He didn't add the T. <laughs> Very important. Uh, or your... Which has turned into mastitis or you're needing to massage it out or something like that. It is... It can be painful. Like there's no skirting around that. It can get really painful and then you might start thinking why am I even doing this there's other things out there that are still great for the baby to have science has come a long way you know or once they start having um solids solids once they start having solids you might be thinking well I've given them exclusive milk for six months they're having solids they're having other nutrients why don't I just add formula to that equation and, and stop feeding and you know everyone can do whatever they want absolutely you can stop feeding at any point in time but if you're really like I said for me I was really determined and I really wanted to get to 12 months because that's the information I read was to 12 months is really the most beneficial it would allow me to draw the draw on those reasons and having many of them meant that in those moments where I couldn't think of anything, there were so many, even from. tiny insignificant things that would just pop into my mind. Or I'd be able to read 10 of them and think, okay, well, that's a lot of reasons. It's too many to ignore, mm -hmm. ultimately, I think is what you're, what you're saying. Yeah. It, it honestly... Both children have just benefited so much from it. I think the intimacy that you got from being able to breastfeed both of them yeah, has just had given you such a strong bond with both kids. Yeah, it really sets up a foundation. And I'll, I'll say it here because I just have so much admiration for how you've done it and what you've been able to give to them with that. And it's crazy. Like, it's so crazy. You produce milk that real humans drink from you. Like for six months of their life, they lived off me. They like, lived that off that. Like is so bizarre to think about. But it's just become so this normal thing that mm. you do that you don't really stop and think for a little bit. Wow, 
It's pretty special. It's incredible. So, you know, just thought I'd throw that out there. And that's done for this week. Uh, I, I love talking about topics like that because whilst it doesn't feel like I have a lot to contribute, I think ultimately it's a, it's a partnership thing to make breastfeeding work. Yeah. And sometimes because I've been in, in it, in the breastfeeding, in my body, you've been in your mind Mm -hmm. and you can remember things or you're there to support me. And like, you could bring up all the reasons why I'm doing it. If I'm having an emotional that's right. Think. I could counsel you. Yeah. So it's it is nice to have you still clear minded. <laughs> I guess. So sometimes. I can talk I can openly talk about it with friends. Yeah. Not everyone feels the same way when you're talking about breastfeeding. Like if you're talking to non parents or people who are expecting or just people who haven't had kids, they're like, Why are you talking about that? Yeah, it, it's still some reason it's a bit of a taboo topic but when you're talking to other parents it's like oh yeah you know it's a free-for-all everyone just talks about everything you get them on the boob oh yeah get them on the boob yeah you just it's just it just it just is something that's openly talked about so it's nice to be able to put it out there and have it spoken about in this type of forum and you know not in a weird way but if you've got a breastfeeding story that you want to share with us please please do Mm. like we, we love hearing everyone's journeys and what everyone goes through. Or if you got similar advice or had a similar experience with midwives yeah. as well. Like yeah. that is something we can all have some shared. Well, look, there might be some non-shared stories. Parents or expecting parents that are you know listening to us. And if you've got kids and you want to give them advice, please go for it on our socials, Instagram and Twitter. We, we encourage and love all of that. And of course, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do whatever ways or means you're listening to this through uh we're we're done for this week so we'll be back next week with a topic that kind of feeds into this see what i did there and uh about fussy eating okay and no it does breastfeeding feeds Uh, in okay let's just let's just say that it works we'll go with it yeah Fussy eating. We've got a really fussy child. Alberto is a very fussy eater. He is now. Wasn't always that way. Yeah, there's Hopefully reasons Racina for it. Hopefully Racina won't be as yeah. fussy. We shall see. There's reasons for it. That's what we're saving for next week's pod. So in between now and then, look after yourselves. Have a good week. And we'll see you then. See you next week. Bye.